This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. What we want to talk about here today is God is so good. And it's not just a figure of speech. That's a real truth right there. And it changes our lives, you know. God is so good, even if you've not been good. God is so good. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Whatever is good and perfect, and no matter what, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father. And that's really awesome. He continually sends these blessings that are good and perfect down from him. And uh, how many of you can see? You know what? He has given us eyes to enjoy and sunrises and sunsets. and There's some beautiful ones yesterday. Yep. Well, you're right. And we haven't really seen a good sun rise or setting for about a month or so. But yesterday, from the time that the morning rose, <laughs> we saw it. And until last night, as we are coming to church, we saw it setting again. It's beautiful. It's something that God alone can give us. That's just the way it is. And do you have the ability to smell? Yes. You know, think about it. We can smell and we can taste, you know, all the things that he has given us the ability to enjoy. You know, he's given us ears and we can hear all the birds chirping around and the wind whipping and blowing and melodies and gurgling brooks and, and gigglings and, you know, we babies. Have, we have our, our birds are trained yeah. at our house. They sing every hour on the hour. Different birds. They're not alive, of course, but... <laughs> Miracle had given Ronnie's mom a, a clock that every hour on the hour, a different bird, you know, uh, we hear different bird songs. But it, it shuts off at night when it's dark, which is kind of neat. And I've been thinking about eating them birds for a meal, Because you, <laughs> you hear them at night? Oh, I, I just said that in a very <laughs> nice Christian way, you know. Uh, but anyhow, God has blessed us with the ability to to see and to hear and to enjoy all his creation. In Psalms 103, verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Have you ever talk to yourself? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah, that's a good thing to do, you know. And when it says, Bless the Lord, it's talking to, O my soul, bless the Lord, you know. And it says, all and all, that's 100%, that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's really not the best way I like to read it. It says, and forget not one of all his benefits. Because you don't need to ever forget one. You know, I mean, you're probably not going to forget all his benefits. But you might forget one or two. And he says here, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of 
all his benefits. You know, in your job, how many of you like benefits? If you're getting paid, you probably like the benefits. Your insurances and your bonuses and, and all. And that's what it's talking about. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits. And God's benefits are genuinely out of this world. He really loads them upon us. And we need to recognize that. And we need to focus upon those things. There was a teenager who didn't want to be seen in public with her mom because her mom's arms were terribly disfigured. One day when her mom took her shopping and reached out her hand, a clerk looked horrified. Later crying, the girl told her mother how embarrassed she was. Understandably hurt, the mother waited an hour before going to her daughter's room to tell her for the first time what had happened. And when she said, when you were a baby, I woke up in a burning house. Your room was an inferno. Flames were everywhere. I could have gotten out the front door but I decided I'd rather die with you than leave you to die alone. I ran through the fire and I wrapped my arms around you. And then I went back through the flames, my arms on fire. When I got outside on the lawn, the pain was agonizing. But when I looked at you, all I could do was rejoice that the flames hadn't touched you. Stunned, the girl looked at her mother through new eyes, weeping in shame and gratitude. She kissed her mother's marred hands and arms. Oh, God, give us new eyes to see things through. Because sometimes we just don't see the way God sees things. And we jump to conclusions. Verse 3, let me back up over here. Romans chapter, no, Philippians chapter 103 and verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, that's God, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. He renews your youth you're always young in his presence. You know, there's so many passages that we can read that will inspire us and build our faith and draw us truly closer and closer to the almighty God. And he says here in Genesis 1:31, In the Message Bible, it says, God looked over everything he had made. It was so good. 
So very good. Matthew 19 verse 16 says, someone came to Jesus with this question, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Well, one of the things we need to do to have eternal life is pretty much just accept Jesus as your Savior. Just accept him. Welcome him into your life. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. In, in verse 17, Matthew chapter 19, verse 17, it says, Why ask me, Jesus says, why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. Only God is truly good. And uh, Psalms 119, verse 68 says, You are good and the source of good. Train me in your goodness. Hmm. That's, that's what so many of us really want to be. We want to be like Jesus. We truly do want to be like him. You know. Hmm. What happens when you take God out of good? He has zero. G-O-O-D. And if you take G-O-D, you take God out of it, you just got a zero left. <laughs> Not much. What do you think about that? <laughs> That's just the truth of it. Let's see here. Psalm 145 verse 1 says, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Power to forgive. You know, God has provided power to protect. And he's provided power to save. To bring salvation into our lives. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 it says, Celebrate God all day. How long is that? 100% of the day. That's pretty smart. Celebrate God all day, every day. 100% of the days. That's what he says. And I mean revel in him. Revel. And the word revel, you think about it, it means enjoy oneself in a lively and noisy way, overwhelmed with joy and excitement. To revel in God. Do you ever revel in God? Are you excited about him? Do you praise him? Do you shout? Do you dance? It says celebrate God 
all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. Wait, did you, did you hear what I just read? Help these people see that the master is about to arrive. Now, I didn't write that. I don't exactly know what he means, but I, I think he probably means that the master is about to arrive. Yep. And you know what? Although you don't know exactly when, it's getting real, real close. He could show up any minute. That's, that's the last words there. Mm -hmm. He could show up any minute when you think about it. It's amazing that God could show up any minute. Continuing on in Philippians chapter 4, and this is in the Message Bible. We read Philippians chapter 4 a good bit, but I like the, the rewording of it with the Message Bible. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Remember those filters we were talking about the last couple of weeks? Those are the filters. We need to make sure that our thoughts run through those filters. And if, if it's not, if it, they don't fit into those categories, we don't need to be dwelling on them. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, and they overcame. And that's talking about overcame Satan, you know, the accuser. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, that's Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor. First Peter chapter two, verse nine says, you are a chosen people. You're a chosen. God has chosen you. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You know, the King James Bible says, but you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light and your wonderful miracles. And you know, if you open your Bible and start kind of thumbing through there, you'll discover 
wonderful miracles throughout the Bible that God has put there for you. Verse 6 says, your all-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. And there's a song that we try to sing every once in a while. It's just a, a, you know, a very few words. We sang it this morning early. Yeah, why don't you sing it for us? Okay. How great is our God. Y'all can sing it too. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great. How great is our God. And truly, this thing here, this song just continues to go on for a long time. But I'll tell you what, God is great. He is awesome. He is wonderful. And we can sing that and it will change you on the inside and on the outside when we begin to focus on the promises that he's given us in his word. A father kept his promise to always be there for his son. In 1988, an Armenian earthquake killed 45,000. Now think about an earthquake that killed 45,000. That's about as many people as in this city here, isn't it? Mm -hmm. An Armenian earthquake killed 45,000. In the chaos, one man made his way to his son's school, only to find nothing but rubble. Other parents stumbled around Dazed and weeping, calling out their children's name. But this father ran to the back corner of the building where his son's classroom once was. And he began digging. To everyone else, it seemed once was... Excuse me here. But this father ran to the back corner of the building where his son's classroom once was. And he began digging. And to everyone else, it seemed hopeless. How could this son have survived? But this father had promised that he would always be there for his boy. And so he heaved rocks. And he dug, calling for his son by name. Armin? Well-meaning parents and bystanders tried to pull him out of the rubble. It's too late. They're dead. There's nothing you can do. The fire chief tried to pull him away, saying fires and explosions have happened everywhere. You're in shock. You're endangering other people. Go home. We'll handle this. But the man continued to dig. Hour after hour. Eight hours, then 12, 24, 36 hours. And finally, in the 38th hour of digging, a day and a half after everyone had told him to give up hope. He called his son's name again, pulled back a big rock, and he heard his son's voice. Mm -hmm. Armand, 
the father screamed. From under the rocks came the words, Dad, I told them. I told them, the other kids, that if you were still alive, you'd save me. The father helped his son and 13 other kids climbed out of the rubble. When the building had collapsed, the children survived in a tent-like pocket in the rubble. The father lovingly carried his son home to his mother. And when the townspeople praised Darwin's father for saving the children, he simply explained, I promised my son, no matter what, I'll be there for you. You know what? Our Father in Heaven has promised that He'll be there for us. We can call upon His name and He'll help us in times of need. That was a promise that He had given unto us. Psalm 145 verse 7 says, Everyone, 100%. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry. The Lord is good to everyone. He surely is. And that's 100%, isn't it? It is. He showers compassion on all his creation. God does that. He showers compassion on all his creation. The earth is full. There again, that's 100%. The earth is full of the goodness of of the Lord. Hmm. Psalm 16 verse 2 says, I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. That's 100%. Everything I have, and when we pray, everything I have, it comes from you. And that's the truth of it. Psalms 107 verse 1, it says, oh, thank God. He's so good. His love never runs out. You ever run out of stuff? Mm-hmm. You ever run out of electricity? Mm-hmm. Have you ever pulled out your phone and it's like, hello, hello, hello? And it's dead because it's, it's out of electricity? You've got 7%. It's almost out. How about that? You ever run out of gas? Now, please don't demonstrate this with an example when you leave here to go home today. <laughs> you know, don't, don't run out of gas, okay? You ever, uh, there's a couple other things that's important you shouldn't run out of. Uh, what about money? You ever run out of money? Yes. You know, you think about this, but it says here in Psalm 107, Oh, thank God, he's so good, his love never runs out. That's 100% the truth. He never, ever runs out. Now, there's an atheist guy I was reading about. He stood on the town green, and he challenged God to prove that he was real. I'll give you 60 seconds. So he's shaking his fist at God. I'll give you 60 seconds to strike me dead, and if you don't, it proves you don't exist. What loving God would strike 
dead, one of his creatures, in 60 seconds because that creature was fuming and shaking his fist in God's face. If your kid came up to you and said, Mommy, Daddy, if you really love me, strike me dead. That sounds pretty foolish, don't you think? It was just as foolish for that man. That's just the truth of it, you know? Um, All of you set free, verse 2 says, All of you set free by God. Tell the world. Tell how he freed you from opposition, oppression. John chapter 8, verse 31 says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Wow. That's the goodness of Almighty God. It sets us free. The truth of his word, it genuinely sets us free. When their son left for his freshman year at Duke University, his parents gave him a Bible, assuring him it would be a great help. Later, as he began sending them letters asking for money, they would write him back, telling him to read his Bible, citing different chapters and verses. He would reply that he was reading the Bible, but he still needed money. When he came home for a semester break, his parents told him they knew he had not been reading his Bible. How? They had tucked $10 and $20 bills by the verses that they had given him to read in their letters. He never found their goodness. He never found them because he wasn't reading. He was lying to them, too. Oh, I've been reading it, you know? Wow. God is good, and he's given us so many treasures in his word, and we just need to search for them. doesn't take much to find them. They're all throughout his word. You're right. And if you ignore the promises, well, it says here in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. This guy was broke because of the lack of knowledge. He did not look up the passages that his mom and daddy had sent him and he was acting like he had. Psalm 107, verse 8 and 9 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. We can, you, you know where you can discover his goodness at? In a book. Mm. It's called the Bible. And you'll never open that book and start reading it and not find the goodness of Almighty God. You know? Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 9 says, For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. That's right. Jeremiah 11 verse 14 says something similar. It says, My people shall be satisfied. They'll be content. They'll be pleased. They'll be fulfilled with my goodness, says the Lord. It's God's goodness that satisfies us. Psalm 34 verse 3, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me from all 100% of my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. They'll be what? Radiant with joy. So if you're looking to God for help, you will become radiant with joy. It's just kind of like 
winning the grand prize or something or another mm. because you're looking to the almighty God for help and you will become radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all 100% of my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all, 100%, who fear him. What does that mean to fear the Lord? We're not supposed to be afraid. What, what does it mean, dear? Well, Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Because evil will separate you from God? That's right. And we love him so much and we respect him so much and want to honor him that we will, we will steer clear of evil because it will separate us from him. Yep. Verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you ever tasted and experienced the goodness of God yourself? Yes. And it is just so available to us every day of our life. Mm -hmm. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joy of those who take refuge in him. The joy of taking refuge in the almighty God himself. Psalm 34 verse 9 in the Message Bible says, Worship God if you want the best. And don't worship him if you don't want the best. But if you want the best, worship God. Worship opens doors to all 100% of his goodness. It really does. But when you read that, it's just so simple and it's so to the point. Worship God if you... You want the best. What do you want? Do you want the best that God has here in life for you? Mm -hmm. And he said to worship him. That's key to receiving the best that he has saved up and in store for you. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. To all the best. That's what he tells us. In verse 10, it says, even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Wow, what a promise. That is amazing. Psalms 27 verse 13 says, I had fainted. I, I, I would have given up, that's what he's saying. I, I had fainted. I, I would have given up unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Are you expecting to see the goodness of the Lord? Yes. yes. Two people. <laughs> Are, if you're not expecting to see the goodness of the Lord, are you expecting to see something bad? Because you really do get what you expect. I want to see the goodness of the Lord. I want to see the goodness of God as well. I want to see his forgiveness. I want to see his miraculous power flowing just, to us. I was just thinking of that song that we sing and part of it, it goes, your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's running after us. And that's what his promises are. That God's goodness is running after us. And it says here in Psalms 27 verse 14, it says, stay with God. 
What's the alternative to sin with God? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Thank you. You're exactly right. That's what it's talking about. To abandon him. To leave him. But he's telling us in his word, stay with God, exclamation mark. The devil will tempt you to abandon God. He says, stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. And I think he gets his point across to us. Yeah. And I appreciate you pointing that out. You know, so we can understand what his word is saying to us. In the book of Job, chapter 37, verse 6, it says, He directs the snow to fall on the earth and tells the rain to pour down. Acts chapter 14, verse 16, it says, In the past, he, God, permitted all the nations to go their own way. He permitted for them just to do their own jolly well thing. But he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. Although he let them do their own thing, he continued to send the evidence of his presence and his goodness to them. For instance, he sends the rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. And then Ezra chapter 3 verse 11 it says, With praise and thanks they sang this song to the Lord. He is so good. That's our title. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to sing a song. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. He prayed with praise and thanks. They sang this song to the Lord. He is so good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. And then Romans 8.28 says, and we know this is something you can know. A lot of people, well, I hope so. That, that is half doubt, mostly doubt. When you, well, well, I, I, hope, I hope everything's going to be okay with you all today. You know, but there's so much doubt in that. But it says here, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We know it. And you can know God in a very personal way. Now, whether you holler those things out and whether you really get a hold of God or not, you can. You can get to know God as, as good as you want to. That's just the truth of it. Romans 2, 4 says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? God pours his goodness out upon you so you'll turn from sinful ways. He says, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, God blesses you. When you get a blessing from God, you ought to know that God's doing this. It caused me to turn from anything that I'm pursuing that's not good. That's what he's doing. I want to read the whole thing one more time. Is mm -hmm. that okay? Yep. 
Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? Why in the world would we ever despise the riches of God's goodness? Forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God, it does lead us to repentance. Whether you understand it or not, he's telling you here that when God blesses you with goodness, he's leading you to repentance. Mm. That's what he's doing, you know? I was just thinking about the story you were reading earlier about the mom and the daughter. When the daughter realized the goodness of her mother, it led her to repent of her attitude. It really did. And she was so, you know, just selfish in the beginning. And she didn't really think too much about her mom. She was concerned about what people thought of her. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what she was thinking about was she changed. Mm -hmm. She repented when she recognized what her mama had done to save her life as a baby. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your needs. That's 100%. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 says, Teach those who are rich in this world, not to be proud. Are you rich? Would you classify yourself as rich in this world? He said, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Did you know that your money can let you down? It really genuinely can. He says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Hmm. Think about that. Now, what we want to do is just read, you know, like 10 different concepts of, let's count kind of like the Ten Commandments of Almighty God. And so we're going to read those, but I want you to think about them and settle in on them. And I've already had, I don't know, a whole bunch of people ask me, can I get a copy of that, Pastor Ron? So if, if you're wanting a copy of that, it might take us a day or two, but we'll get it to you. It starts off from God to all his children. And then it says, effective immediately. Please be aware that there are changes you need to make in your life. These changes need to be completed in order that I may fulfill my promises to you to grant you peace, joy, and happiness in this life. I apologize for any inconvenience, but after all that I'm doing, this seems very little to ask of you. I know I already gave you Ten Commandments. Keep them, but follow these guidelines as well. These are some other principles in God's Word. Number one. Quit worrying. You ever worry? Quit. (laughs) Okay, that's pretty simple. (laughs) Quit worrying. Life has dealt you a blow and all you do is sit and worry. Have you forgotten that I am here to take all your burdens and carry them for you? Or do you just enjoy fretting over every little thing that comes your way? Hmm. Number two. Put it on the list. How about that? 
Something needs done. Who's this? We'll find out. Something needs done or taken care of. Put it on the list. No, not your list. Put it on my to-do list, says God. Let me be the one to take care of the problem. I can't help you until you turn it over to me. And although my to-do list is long, I am, after all, God. I can take care of anything you put in my hands. In fact, if the truth were ever really known, I take care of a lot of things for you that you never even realize. Did, Number- you, did you know that? Yeah. Even right now and after church and tonight, maybe tomorrow, there's a lots of things that Almighty God is taking care of that you never even thought about. You never even told him thank you for. That's just the truth of it. Number three, trust me. Once you've given your burdens to me, quit trying to take them back. Trust in me. Have the faith that I will take care of all of your needs, your problems and your trials. Problems with kids? Put them on my list. Problem with finances? Put it on my list. Problems with your emotional roller coaster? For my sake, put it on my list. I want to help you. All you have to do is ask. Number four. Leave it alone. Don't wake up one morning and say, well, I'm feeling much stronger now. I think I can handle it from here. Why do you think you're feeling stronger now? It's simple. You gave me your burdens and I'm taking care of them. I also renew your strength and cover you in my peace. Don't you know that if I give you these problems back, you will be right back where you started? Leave them with me and forget about them. Just let me do my job. Number five, talk to me. I want you to forget a lot of things. Forget what was making you crazy. Forget the worry and the fretting because you know I'm in control. But there's one thing I want you to never forget. Please don't forget to talk to me often. I love you. I want to hear your voice. I want you to include me in the things going on in your life. I want to hear you talk about your friends and your family. Prayer is simply you having a conversation with me. I want to be your dearest friend. Number six, have faith. I see a lot of things from up here that you can't see from where you are. Have faith in me. And I know, because I know what I'm doing. Trust me, you wouldn't want the view from my eyes. I will continue to take care of you, watch over you, and meet your needs. You only have to trust me. Although I have a much bigger task than you, it seems as if you have so much trouble just doing your simple part. How hard can trust be? Number seven, share. You were taught to share when you were only two years old. When did you forget? That rule still applies. Share with those who are less fortunate than you. Share your joy with those who need encouragement. Share your laughter with those who haven't heard any in such a long time. Share your tears with those who are mourning. Share your faith with those who have none. Number eight, be patient. 
I managed to fix it so in just one lifetime, you could have so many diverse experiences. You grow from a child to an adult, have children, change jobs many times, learn many trades, travel to so many places, meet thousands of people, and experience so much. How can you be so impatient when it takes me a little longer than you expect to handle something on my to-do list? Trust in my timing, for my timing is perfect. Just because I created the universe in only six days, everyone thinks I should always rush, rush, rush. Number nine, be kind. Be kind to others, for I love them just as much as I love you. They may not dress like you or talk like you or live the same way you do, but I still love you all. Please try to get along for my sake. I created each of you different in some way. It would be too boring if you were all identical. Please know I love each of your differences. And number 10, love yourself. As much as I love you, how can you not love yourself? You were created by me to be loved and to love in return. I am a God of love. Love me. Love your neighbors. But also love yourself. It makes my heart ache when I see you so angry with yourself when things go wrong. You are precious to me. Don't ever forget that. With all my heart, I love you, God. And you know what, God... He knows every detail about you. He does. And he cares intimately about you. And he'll never forget us. And he'll never abandon us. Even if we forget him. That's right. And abandon him. He'll never forget us. He loves us and he cares about us. He really does. And that's why we have accepted him, his son, Jesus, into our hearts, into our lives. And we often do that to remind ourselves of the commitment that we've made to him. And so we'd probably, you know, right now, before we leave, we'd like to just renew our commitment to Christ because we love him. We'd ask you to join us as we bow our heads and say a prayer together of just acknowledging his presence with us as Savior of the world. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe. I believe that you love me so much. That you love me so much. That you sent your only son. That you sent your only son. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. To die on the cross. To die on the cross. For my sins. For my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I believe. I believe that you rose Jesus from the dead. That you rose Jesus from the dead. To give me a new life. To give me a new life. To give me an abundant life. To give me an abundant life. To give me a life where I can experience your goodness. To give me a life where I can experience your goodness. Thank you. Thank you. And let me live my life. And let me live my life. Showing others. Showing others. Your goodness. Your goodness. Every day. Every day. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.